welcome back to The Dizzy Breakdown. I'm Caro. And I'm Maya. And we're two American friends on opposite coasts who love to break down and break down over Turkish TV shows. <sighs> well, hi Maya. Hello. How's it going? It's good. It's been a bit since we recorded. It has. It has been a bit. I think it was winter the last time we spoke. Yeah, it was in February. And now it's almost summer. Now it's almost summer. It's good to be back. I mean, as much as I wish we were able to be more regular with our fluid timelines, I'm glad we just get to record when we can and have a good time. Me too, because it's been a very busy few months for me. Oh yeah, it's been so busy. You've been very busy with work. Work has been really good, finally, and so it's been all over the place. And I appreciate you making time to still edit this podcast so we can share our dizzy thoughts to everyone. (laughs) Yes, I love doing it, so as long as we can figure out our... uh, record to edit ratio yes we're still working out the kinks we're still working out the kinks but i guess as a segue we will roll into (laughs) our first section with what we've been watching lately so i know you've been very busy with work but tell me what have you been watching i mean besides my fave yarga i really have not been watching much and i'm hoping that i'll get to watch more soon even though it's getting to the busy season for me again i've only really been following uch karush the series finale did just air but i am a couple episodes behind and so hopefully I'll get to finish up that journey Mm -hmm. but I haven't really been watching anything week to week which I'm missing so now that we're getting some new summer shows summer dizzy season is upon us it's time I know Mm -hmm. you're very excited this is my time to shine So anyone that's listening, if you're watching Summer Dizzy and you're really liking it, at me on Twitter because I'm basically just going to watch shows based on what people are liking. (laughs) I'm going to follow the crowd. Hey, you like what you like, so. I like what I like. That's how I watch my shows. I see a pretty gif or I see people talking about a good ship and I'm like, you know what? I want to watch that show. That's how it happens. Yeah. I did watch the first half of the digital show Erkek Seversa. And this is a while back and I really did enjoy it. So I'm hoping now that it's over, I'll get to pick that back up again. Mm-hmm. I like that those are 45 minutes. I want to watch that as well. I watched maybe part of the first episode and I'm, I never got back into it, but you speak highly of it. So I really want to get back into it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to watch. I haven't watched a lot of dizzy digital projects that weren't um, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it is pretty nice to have a show that has a set ending before it even begins. So all of the episodes are very tightly woven together and build off of each other mm-hmm. versus, you know, usual dizzies where even the best written ones have have to leave plot threads open just in case the show lasts long enough for them to need to pull on them. Right. Makes sense. And then the other big one that we both did watch is Khan's Netflix movie that came out a couple months ago, Senya Shamaya Bak. And uh, mm-hmm. I personally loved that. I watched it a couple times. Did you... Yeah, I mean, I know that it's not the most original trope, but at the same time, I just thought it was so well done by all three of the main actors, and it was very heart-wrenching. It was. And it was nice to be reminded of Khan's acting range and how great he is. Like, we knew, but every time you think that Ilgaz is the last amazing thing I can ever see him as, and then again, he knocks it out of the park. See, this is because you haven't watched Karasenda, but like... (sighs) He could not be different as Amir and as Ilgaz. And both characters are phenomenal. Like, he is an incredible actor. He is. And I have watched some, Karasavda. Yes, that's true. You've watched some. But you haven't seen the full, like, ooh, when he really ramps up as that villain. 
does he become villainous? Fine, I'm just going to continue, you know, subtly poking at you for not watching it. Subtly, sure. Very not subtle. Not so subtly. <laughs> it's only 70-some-odd episodes, Maya. Come on. You can do it. Just stop having a life. It's very simple. For you, I guess. Do it for Khan. Do it for Khan. I mean, I won't not do it for Khan. <laughs> anyway, what about you? What have you been watching lately? Oh, boy. All right. So everyone knows that my beloved Ashkmantic Intikam has ended. I'm still reeling a little bit from it, so your patience is appreciated. I'm going to miss that show so much. It's at a high standard for summer dizzies. It had its flaws. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a perfect dizzy. But for the rom-com genre, for something that I needed, which was something light and fluffy and silly and outlandish, like that's what I wanted. And that's what I got with AMI. So I finished that up. I started two new shows, one of which I'm almost done with. And I'm devastated because I want it to go on forever, which is Sonia's. And I am currently drafting a very strongly worded letter to Fox asking why they canceled it so soon. Because season two is five episodes, maybe four or five episodes. It's a travesty. I need to talk to the executives of Fox because it's unacceptable. Season one is a near perfect season of TV for me. It was so good. And I'm bullying Maya into watching it because I know she would like it. It's got so many characteristics of things I know you like in Dizzy's. And you're resisting me. <laughs> it's not Fine. not on my list it's just i know all the spoilers because i followed lots of people who watched it when it was live so oh but it's so good i'm obsessed with alperin like I obsessed i love him a lot i mean i'm glad you got there eventually i'm still just like you'll do anything to not watch charpishma <laughs> it's on my list i want to he once i finish in it. he I was know. in it and he is part of one of my top ships of all time in disneyland in that show which is saying a lot because you're very i don't want to say harsh with ships but I feel like it takes a lot. Like, I get really into the romance, and you get more into the drama. So for you to have, like, a top romance, I think, speaks highly of it. I mean, usually if I'm in a show, I get behind the main ships. Like, if I'm in it, I accept that as part of it. But yeah, once a show ends, I'm like, okay, that was a ship in that show. It was good. And then I move on with my life. But there are a couple that are up there. I mean, my running list right now for my top three are Iljay from Yarga, obviously. Mm. Aslan Farhat from Sia Beyaz mm. Ashk. And then Jemra and Karem from Trevishma. So it's definitely on my list. I would say probably before 2022 is over, I will have at least started Trevishma. So Sonia's, you know, I've been retweeting a lot of things on Twitter because I just love it. Now answer me this. Is there any possibility that it could beat your number one love, Kirillik Ashk? Oh, no. Okay. No. Here's the thing. Kirillik Ashk was an experience for me. Like it was the first dizzy that i got to watch as a finished dizzy because prior to that i had really just watched senchal kapemi which was still airing so i was week to week at that point this was like 52 episodes of a whole dizzy that i could binge i could stay up as late as i wanted and i just fell so hard for it it's my comfort dizzy it's still like to this day sometimes at night if i don't want to go through the process of finding something to watch i'll just be like you know what i'm just gonna put here like ashka on youtube and watch it and i fast forward it to like the omar and Daphne scenes and it just makes me happy and I fall asleep very peacefully. Okay, that's fair. 
But Sonia's as a Dizzy, I think it's an excellent story. And I absolutely love the relationships on that show. I love the bromances. I love the family dynamic. I love the like pseudo son and father figure. And oh, it just pulls at my heartstrings. I love Alperin's character so much. And there's a Savchi, there's a prosecutor character who knows that this kid is this potential delinquent, but he takes him under his wing and he's just so respectful to the Savchi. Oh, I just love it so much. I could go on about that one, but I won't. The other show that I started is Ramo, which you've been telling me to watch for a long time. I just started episode three, so you're welcome. I listen to you. You just don't listen to me. Yeah, I know. So I know <laughs> my turn is coming to watch one of your wrecks, and I will. It'll happen, I promise. Next time we do this, we'll talk about probably the summer dizzies that we started. Right. I'm looking forward to seeing which ones are going to be on top. Definitely. It's like my Super Bowl. <laughs> I've got my squares all done. <laughs> Which team's going to win? Anyway. And of course, Yarga. Like, Yarga, obviously. I Like, it goes without saying. So, as you have definitely seen from the title of this episode, we are finally doing the episode that at least I personally have been so excited to do. So excited I'm almost dreading it because I want to do it right. Maya has high expectations. Yeah, but there's just no way we can talk about everything I want to say in a reasonable amount of time because unfortunately, this is not a recap podcast. We do not have the editing bandwidth to do that. And it's been a long show. It's been 34 episodes. That's not a short season for season one. But as the listeners know, we've recapped a lot of Yarga in our What We've Been Watching segment. So we've talked about it in the past. So hopefully you kind of know our thoughts and our love of the show. So that won't be too much of a surprise as to why we cut out some of the things we cut out and why we're focusing on some of the other topics that we're focusing on. Exactly. So Yarga in English means judgment. But the official English title when they've been trying to sell it and distribute it is Family Secrets, which I very much disagree with. I think judgment is so much better. I don't know why they do that. Like Senchal Kapemi is love is in the air. Which even though the official title is you knock on my door. Which honestly is so much better. Yeah. And there's already a Dizzy called love is in the air from a while ago. So I don't know. Is it Berger in that? She is. I tried to watch it. It was so hokey though. Like can't do it. Sorry girl. (laughs) She did meet her uh, husband that she is no longer with in that show though so I was curious I think that's on Netflix so that's good to know it is I tried it I couldn't get through the first episode wow that's saying a lot anyway Yarga is a legal drama which first premiered on September 19th 2021 on the channel Canaldi it revolves around two main characters Ilgaz played by Khan Urgandiolu a respected prosecutor and Jalen played by Pinar Denise a lawyer, and the two cross paths due to a murder case and are forced to work together in order to uncover the real perpetrator. While the show started out with modest ratings, as the weeks went on, they steadily increased. And now the show has been consistently battling it out for first place ratings on Sunday nights. To give a little more detail, I stole this summary from Mad TV's website. While she was still in law school, Jalen's father was framed for a crime he didn't commit. There is the law, and then there is justice. And ever since her father was sent to prison, Jalen knows which side she's on. Jalen becomes a defense attorney and is known as a brave, dynamic, and reckless advocate for her clients, respected by her peers, but constantly in trouble with prosecutors and the police. 
Ulgaz, on the other hand, is a no-nonsense prosecutor who does everything by the book. His father is the well-respected chief of homicide in the Istanbul Police Department, and it's from him that Ilgaz gets his incorruptible sense of right and wrong. For him, the law and justice are the same thing. So when Jalen comes to him looking for back-channel info to help clear a client, Ilgaz throws her out of his office. But after his brother is accused of murder, it's Jalen he goes to for help. And while Jalen begrudgingly agrees, the identity of the victim brings her world crashing down, changing both hers and Ilgaz's family's lives forever. Since its premiere, Yarga has taken many twists and turns. Digging into her sister Inji's death leads Jalen to the uncovering of more lies and more death. Through it all, Ilgaz and Jalen have a marriage of convenience, which turns into a love match. And while this marriage almost brings the Erguvan and Kaya families together, the murder of Jalen's father, Zephyr, threatens to break the families apart for good. And, I mean, there's so many more things we could say about what happens in the show. You'll have to watch it yourself and see if you haven't already, because it is excellent. The show has a very wide range of actors. We're going to only mention the most notable ones because there's just a lot. And we spend the whole podcast talking about our love of so many of the different characters, which we'll get to as we talk about it. But yeah, Maya, would you want to kick it off? So the first person that we have to talk about is our beloved Khan Urganjiolu, who plays Ilgaz Kaya. So just a little bit about his personal life. Initially, he went to university to study finance, but ended up gravitating pretty quickly into cinema studies. He began acting in 2002 as the lead in something called Carolan. In 2008, he spent six months in the U.S. to study acting as well. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that's why his English is so good, but who knows. His most notable role prior to now has definitely got to be as Amir Kozjolu in Karasevda, where he is the most villainous villain in Disneyland, to my knowledge. It's true. Can I just say that a comment I see a lot online is that people don't want to watch Yarga because they hated Amir so much in Karasevda that they just don't have any interest in watching this. And it honestly hurts me when I read that because A, he's an actor. He is not Amir from Karasevda. Two, he's such an incredible actor that you have such strong feelings about the character Amir means that he's just doing his job exceedingly well. So to anyone that's listening, if you haven't watched Yarga because of this, please watch Yarga. Khan is a great actor. I know it just speaks to the strength of his acting performances that he can play someone who is so universally hated. Oh, yes. And then go to play someone like Ilgaz, who is the most upstanding citizen ever. It still boggles my mind that it is the same actor playing them because while objectively they look similar, they also don't look similar at all, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. You can see a clip or a gif and I can immediately know which character it is. It's not Khan. It's Amir. It's Ilgaz. Yeah. It's Kamala from Ashka 101. It's Farat from Sanyesha Mayabak. He's a chameleon. Yes. The way he holds himself, the way he talks and moves his face, his facial expressions when he's not speaking all really play into his characters which make him so distinguishable with each role and it's one of my favorite things about him so good and it's so great that Karasavda is one of the most successful turkish series outside of the country and he's gotten the recognition for that mm -hmm. one last thing i wanted to talk about with him is that recently he appeared in the english language series jack ryan on amazon and i think it's really great that he's able to branch out and be in different markets on projects as well 
I watched that. Granted, it was before I watched Turkish Dizzy, so I wouldn't have known who Khan is. But now I kind of want to go back and rewatch those scenes with him. Keep me updated. I will. Next, we have the lovely Pinar Denise, who stars as Jalen Ergovan. Pinar studied public relations and advertising at university and then made her television debut in 2014 with the TV series Sil Fashtan. She gained recognition for her supporting role in Vatanim Sansen and gained higher success in Ashk 101 on Netflix. Ashk 101 was actually what I first saw her in. Same. That was the only thing I had seen her in prior to Yarga. She earned a Turkish Film Critics Association Award nomination for her performance in the 2020 film Two Types of People, which Maya saw. Right, Maya? I did see it. It came to the Turkish Film Festival in Seattle last year, and it was really good. And I think you can now rent it on YouTube if you want to watch it, because it's a fun time. Okay. Great recommendation. She's also been vocal about choosing roles where she can portray strong women, and she absolutely loves playing Jalen in Yarga. Which makes sense because Jalen is pretty badass. She's so good and she's so flawed but strong and that works together so well in that character. Yes. Plus her outfits are amazing. I (laughs) have never wanted to wear a pantsuit so much as I do when I watch Yarga. Funny you should bring that up. Did you just buy a pantsuit, Maya? Well, no, not quite. But, uh, you know, especially that first dozen episodes or so, how head over heels I was with Yarga. Yes, I remember. I found at Zara one of her blazers and I have it with me. So right now I am wearing the green blazer from episode three. I have my Jalen blazer. Very nice. And for my job, there's no reason for me to wear a blazer, but it'll happen. It's my like Jalen inspiration. I support that. You can wear it with your earrings. Yeah, that's the other thing is I did. See, this is the thing. I I mean, let it never be said that I'm not a nerd because I also tracked down Inji's earrings that are a big part of the show. And I also got one of her bags that you see in the first few episodes. And it's the one that you never see again because it becomes evidence after <laughs> Engen's trial. But it's now my mobile office bag. I mean, I became obsessed with that orange pea coat that she wore in some of the middle episodes in the winter scenes. I love that coat. Jalen's a style icon. The stylist of Yarga should be proud. I know. It's so refreshing, too, after some of the insane outfits we and actresses are subjected to in these shows. Agreed. Yes. Now, the final person we're going to talk about in our breakdown, because there's so many other actors, and it was just like, we can't do all of them, so we might as well stick to our core pairing. Mm -hmm. But we felt we had to give a shout out to our dear writer and series creator, Sema Erganakon. Yay, Sema. That woman... She just deserves all the praise. So Sema is a writer and sometimes producer. And she's known for a lot of other popular shows in the last few years. She has done work on shows like Zemhari, which has Aicha and Alperen in it. She did some of Dolene, Karapara Ashk, and Siabeaz Ashk. This makes me want to watch Zemhari because I haven't seen it. But I've seen all the others and I love all the others that you just mentioned. So I feel like I need to watch Zemhari now. Yeah, I do too. I think the only thing is that it ended at 10 episodes, so part of me hasn't been willing to invest because I don't know why it ended. Isn't that funny? That 10 episodes of two and a half hours each probably (laughs) should be like, wow, that's like three seasons of Netflix. (laughs) And yet I'm like, "Mm, that's an early cancellation. (laughs) Right. 
Something else that we have to just mention about Sama. Yes, her husband. Yeah, she met her husband, Ur Aslan, at university in Ankara. And just the two of them, he's been in several of the shows that she's written for. And they're just entertainment Disneyland power couple goals. Like, I love... They are couple goals. Absolute couple goals. I yes. love their relationship. Like, I want that. I know. I wish he was in Dolanay. <laughs> like, I, feel, I feel like he should have been in Dolanay. What, as another police officer? Yeah. I think he was spared in that one. I think that show is... I feel like there could have been some comedic relief between Jan Yaman's character and him because he just does comedy so well. I think the only thing he wasn't funny in was Siabea Ashk, but usually he kind of plays a little bit of comedic relief. Well, even still, his comedic relief is still being very serious, and I think that's Definitely. a strength for him. Sema won a Golden Butterfly Award in 2014 as Best Series Writer for a 2012 to 2015 show called Karadai, which I actually hadn't heard of until I was researching her. Mm -hmm. But it's exciting to know that at least one way she's been awarded and acknowledged for her work. In Sema We Trust. In Sema We Trust. This is a phrase that Carol coined pretty early into the run of Yarga, and it is kept... Both of us, but maybe me especially, sane during my times of questioning. So it's our little saying that we use. I mean, listen, no one's perfect and no show is perfect. But overall, I think Sema does an excellent job of keeping Yarga a show that keeps the viewers on its toes. Do I agree with every creative decision she's made? Absolutely not. But overall, Yarga is a great show. So well done, Sema. And it really speaks to where she is in her career now, where so far she seems to still have sole story creative control and she's been able to keep it because, you know, there are some shows where one writer will start it and then it gets passed off to other groups or mm. the network will get involved and say, actually, this has to happen. Yeah. This character needs to become important now. And crossing my fingers, knocking on wood, all of the things, it seems like everyone is trusting her enough and the ratings speak for themselves. So whatever. Whatever she's doing is working and I hope that till the end of the Yarga run she gets to keep her captain's chair. Fingers crossed. So Maya why don't you mention a little bit about how Yarga came to be as a show? Yes. One of my favorite little story tidbits about Yarga is the fact that Sama watched Ashk 101 and saw Pinar and Khan and was like, those two, I want them in my show. I don't know where she was in the phases of actually writing Yarga, but I know that Pinar and Khan were brought on pretty early on and the idea evolved with their input. Because from what it sounds like, the original concept of the show is a lot different from what the show ended ended up being and personally I love that so much I think one of the hard things about Dizzy's is that they're so cutthroat in like we have to have a drama okay what's our premise this will get us through maybe 10 episodes full steam ahead hopefully it works out and having a show that has a longer developmental stage especially since I think it took about two years to get the show off the ground and on air so there was time for the idea to grow and change and really solidify into the strong concept that it is. I mean, it shows because it really is a step above so many dizzies, in my opinion, just in terms of the plot and the twists and the turns. It really worked out well for them. Yeah. And I hope that other shows at some point will be able to take notes and understand that sometimes just sitting with your story for a little bit and setting yourself up for success will actually allow your show to have a longer run that makes sense. Can you imagine the power, though, watching people on TV and being like, I like them. I want them in my show. Let's work on that. 
Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Love 101, slow burn, lawyer prosecutor AU, like the power. She basically wrote Ash 101 fanfic AU <laughs> as a lawyer and a prosecutor. The power oh, this woman has. Sema, you're my goals in life. <laughs> She stated in interviews as the show was going that from the beginning, she has known how she wanted the show or season one to end. And so it was nice to know that she had a direction that she was pointing from the very beginning. And I think that really shows. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I want to touch on about this is she does her research. She does her homework on all of the topics that she wants to cover in her stories. And she makes sure that a lawyer and a police officer and often a psychiatrist, depending on the episode, reads through her scripts beforehand for clarity and accuracy. And you can just tell the show is just on another level that way. Wow, that's incredible. And now how did you find out about the show? What was Maya's introduction to Yarga? My introduction to Yarga, I don't think it's a huge story. I watched the first teaser trailer when that was released a few months before the show. And I'd already seen the first season of Ashkona One at that point. So I knew Khan and Pinar. I knew they were a great couple together. And I do quite like when good couple pairings get to be in multiple shows. So I was intrigued, but I still hadn't seen season two of Ashkona One yet to allow me to fully be invested in that show. So I wasn't in a rush to start it. But once episode two was out and I was seeing bits of it on Twitter, I immediately started it and haven't looked back. But what about you, Carol? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I saw Ash 101 later than most people because like I said in prior episodes, I didn't get into Turkish Dizzies until well into the pandemic. So I had, maybe you told me about Ash 101 on Netflix and I had watched it and obviously I'm not one to let a good ship pass me by without mildly obsessing over it. They were one of my favorite ships of Ash 101. So I too love when actors do other projects together because it's such a unique thing that Turkish actors do. There very well might be other countries and K-dramas that do this too. I don't know, but in America, they don't. For the most part, you get a pairing and they do one movie together or one show and typically that's it. So I love that about Turkish TV. So I was like, all right, I liked them in Ash 101. Absolutely, definitely gonna watch this. I also liked the fact that it was going to be a legal drama because in my day to day, I am a lawyer. So I was like, all right, it's right in my alley. It's about lawyers. I love a good crime drama. This is great. And also I knew of Khan from Karasevda. And I was like, I have to see him in another role. Like he's in Ash 101, but it's such a big ensemble show that he really, he's not a super main character in that. I was really looking forward to seeing him as a lead in another show. So I was interested and I loved it from episode one. I think there was maybe a period of time where I was telling you because I can't love a show and not try to get you into it. So I know you had heard of it. I'm not saying I got you into it, but I, I think I remember being like, this show is so good. I like it. Yeah, I think I remember that too. I think you started it right before I did. And then yeah, because I watched it from the get go. I don't think I waited at all for it, which is rare for me. And I was glad to immediately have a buddy and be like, yes, Yarga, let's do this. Let's do this. This is going to be my whole personality going forward. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to obsess over this together. As a show, what we found as we went along is that it was kind of organized into a bunch of different arcs. Yeah, they're almost chapters, if you will. So the show starts out, episodes one through five are mainly about who killed Inji, which is Jalen's sister. The end of episode five is where Jalen discovers that Engen, who was her coworker and friend, one of her closest friends, was actually the murderer of her sister. It ends in like the sting operation where she and Ilgaz set a trap for the murderer and... I just remember watching that being like, oh my God, because I had no idea who the murderer was going to be. 
episodes 6 through 13 deal with Engen as a villain arc. Now, Engen is a villain throughout the rest of the show, but episodes 6 through 13 really emphasize just how excellent of a villain Engen is. And I put Engen up there with Khan and Kara Sevda because I think the actor who portrayed him does such a great job of being a villain. I loved to watch him. Like, there's some villains you hate and you don't like and they just annoy you. I did not find that with Engen. I really enjoyed watching him be evil. Episodes 13 through 21 deal with the Who Murdered Engen arc. Episodes 22 to 28 deal with the Urguvan family fallout from Zafer's death. Episode 28 ends with Jalen being told by Yekta that it was Chinar and Metin that were involved and that Ilgaz knew about it. It was very dramatic. And then there's episodes 29 through 34, the finale, which is mainly the fallout from the Urguvan family finding out that Zafer is dead and the Kaya's family's involvement with that. And it's really nice to have a show that almost self-sections it out that way. Yeah. Because it allows it to have solid points throughout instead of just kind of fizzling into whatever the writers could come up with for the next couple of weeks. And it felt intentional and it really was very nice to have, okay, here's the story of who murdered Engen and that's what we're focusing on. Okay, then we solve that one and Sema draws in another storyline. Now, what I said was a very simplistic overview of the show, but overall, those are kind of the overarching plots that I think are a huge strength of the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. Speaking of strength of the show, Maya, what do you think some of the things are that Yarga does really well? I mean, first off, Yarga is a drama. And as far as dramas go, it just has such an intense and multifaceted plot. It doesn't stop at who killed Inji, Jalen's sister is dead, because there'd be some shows that would get picked up and that's the only premise. And they'd answer the question, but then still try to drag it out because they wouldn't know what else to do with this show. But instead, there's always so much going on. For the most part, the plot is so dialed in and focused and specific and just so well written that it just makes it such a good show to watch, whether it's the kind of show you're looking for or not. It's just objectively well crafted, which I love. I agree. And one of the things I love being a rom-com aficionado was this show portrayed a more realistic love between Jalen and Ilgaz, which was nice. It was so nice. I loved that so much. Like one of the best ships well it had a trope that you you're not actually a huge fan if i'm correct of marriage of convenience no no that's my favorite trope oh it is <laughs> it is that's my favorite like trope oh, no, okay. no 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 my least favorite trope is marriage of convenience divorce but i don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> you were aware that they got divorced on the show right shush shush <laughs> something else I love about the show is their romance and how it's also just such an adult relationship that yeah. feels so genuine I mean it does start being based on work but there's never any cheap miscommunication drama or I don't know there's just a maturity to it that makes it even more lovely that's what was refreshing though to see them not fall into, and this, I give credit to Sema on this, but the show doesn't fall into a lot of the tropes of, you know, Jalen finds something out and she holds the secret and she spends three episodes fretting over telling Ilgaz. That never happens. They have a very honest relationship and it moves forward without any of that childish secrets or finding stuff out. There's no dramatic loves from the past. Maybe that's why I didn't like Neva for a long time on the show, because I kept expecting there to be some ex-lover drama, and that just didn't exist. It was great, but I'm not used to that. 
Yeah, and honestly, same. There were so many moments, and you will definitely remember me messaging you, holding my breath, waiting for something silly or stupid to happen to like burst the perfect bubble Mm -hmm. that Sam had created, and then it wouldn't happen. And you'd make fun of me, like, just calm down. It's like, I can't. (laughs) Too many shows have hurt me before. I do specifically remember you saying, I can't. I've been hurt in the past. I will not apologize. You shouldn't. Those shows need to apologize to me. I can't (laughs) wait to get to episode 11 of Rama, let me just say. Such a (laughs) love-hate relationship with that show. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the show, for me, also what it does well is... It talks about how love sometimes just isn't enough to overcome the sins of the family. And that is so great. The scene where Jalen asks Ilgaz to choose either her or her family. I genuinely didn't know which one he was going to pick. I do agree with you on that. But at the same time, the show almost does set up that maybe it can at some point. We haven't quite gotten there yet. I mean, how would things have played out, though, if one gunshot wound had killed Safer? Fine. (laughs) I won't go in there. Something else that I really liked about the show is how Sema was able to integrate brand new major characters later on as the show went along. Disney's often do this, especially when they get their legs and are realizing that they're going to have more than 10, 12 episodes and that they're getting popular. But sometimes characters just get thrown in and it feels very... They feel very last minute. They feel like they're written in add-ons. Very forced, yeah. Exactly. And Sema did a great job. So we had characters like Dede, who we didn't see until maybe episode five. Eren's daughter, Tuche. That's one of my least favorite tropes in the whole wide world. Yes. Is the secret child? Yes. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Didn't hate it that much, though, in Yaga. Yeah, exactly. She pulled it off. And yeah, usually I don't like it when... Again, when they just kind of throw in a character. Ah, yes, my long-lost person that we haven't talked Mm -hmm. about. And you're like, come on. (laughs) Right. We're smarter than that. We had Engin's aunt Seda for a bit and she had a nice arc and then she left. And I think she was there for the perfect amount of time and was a very integral character that did what she needed to do. And then our latest and greatest love is Daria. And it's interesting to think of because I can't really remember the show without her. Me either. And she's become honestly one of my favorites. I really enjoy all of her scenes. And she's integrated herself so well into the squad too. I mean, instead of the core four, it's, you know. She just just fits in really well it's very seamless and I love her as part of the group helping to solve this and I was so proud that she felt so strongly about helping bring Yekta down when she wasn't involved in most of it she didn't come in until later and yet she tried so hard to help them and just felt pride when they were able to bring him down I don't know I got a little emotional in the finale when she was just so happy for them and I was like you helped too Daria love her love her Also, there's just really great character development, too. I think, you know, we could probably spend an entire podcast on PARS alone. Oh my god, PARS. For the first maybe six, seven episodes, he's a good character, but he's a little annoying in the sense of, like, he's getting in the way of whatever Jalen and Ilgaz might be, and he throws his little tantrum sometimes. He also got some hate, too. He truly did. But at the same time, he has grown so much over this past season, mm-hmm. but also in a way that doesn't feel forced. Like, it feels so earned and so mm-hmm. subtle, mm-hmm. but so great. Like, now everything he does, I'm just like, oh. 
oh, he's so sweet. Please let them be his friends. Because when you think about it, and if you do a deep dive into him, he's a very lonely character. He doesn't have a lot of family. He only has his sister, Neva, who at one point basically tells him to get a life and to stay out of her life. And I felt so bad for Pars in that moment because he really doesn't have a lot in his life. You know, he's a workaholic. So when he gets, I don't want to say accepted, but when he is in with his group of people, when he's with Jalen and Ilgaz and Eren, that friendship group has really allowed his character to blossom and grow. And that journey in this show is maybe one of my favorites outside of the Ilche relationship. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I just sent you a long voice message privately a few days ago about Parse. And even in, I think, episode 33, where he's dropped Daria at home and they're like in the trunk of his car and there's some folding outdoor chairs in there and she asks him about it. And he's like, oh, they're for a friend. And one, it's cute because you see Daria's face fall because the two of them definitely are dancing around what they have. They're a little flirty. It's so sweet. Non-relationship. It's very sweet. So Daria's face falls and Pars catches it. He clocks it and is like, no, no, no. It's for Ilgaz, my friend Ilgaz. He really likes being out in nature and stuff. And my heart just burst because it was just, it's so cute. Like, when did he buy these chairs? How long has he been carrying them around? Is he waiting for some moment where he can casually be like, oh, hey, by the way, I have these sweet chairs if you want, like no pressure. But just, it's such an act of love for his friend who, you know, he knows he's going through a hard time. So in case he needs a moment to just sit and calm down with nature, Pars has these chairs. I have a lot of good friends in my life and I can guarantee you none of them would think to do that. (laughs) None of them are carrying chairs around in their car for me. So I need a friend like Pars, clearly. Get a friend like Pars. Oh my God. We don't deserve him. We do not deserve Pars. This is a Pars support uh, thread. This is a pro Pars podcast. This is a pro Pars podcast. Yes. We stand a good friend. We love Pars. But again, like that's just something Yarga does so well is how the characters evolve. And like Jalen's come so far, even with her white lies. And she's never going to be changed so much that she's some submissive rule following woman. Like that's never going to happen. But you can see her finding some stability within herself and within Olga's in her story. And yes, even though terrible things keep happening to her, sometimes too many terrible things. She's not the Jalen that we started with in the show. And I think that's really brilliant. Because you have some shows where it's the same character forever. And yeah, we love the character. But it's like, do something else. Please right. grow. There's growth. One of the things I really like is that both Ilgaz and Jalen make each other better. Because Ilgaz needs to loosen up a little bit. Jalen needs a little more structure and rules in her life. And other than the love that they have for each other and support that they give each other, they also just complement each other in that way. And they make each other better, which is nice. So nice. And then just overall, Yarga is such an exciting show to watch because for the most part, the trailers would not spoil the crux of the episode and it keeps viewers on the edge of their seats because you don't know what's going to happen and you can trust Sema to know how to surprise us. I agree. They had a lot of really great cliffhangers at the end of episodes. My only comment to that, Maya, is that I disagree with that in the finale. I think the trailer for the finale gave too much away. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely talk about that. We'll talk about that. I agree with you other than that. That's why my opinion is that the show is better as a week to week because there's so much to dissect and pull apart. And I enjoyed reading people's theories on Twitter and I enjoyed watching the trailers and making my own theories up and 
the trailers genuinely made me excited to watch each episode and it's one of the shows i can say that i think i fast forward the least through because you don't want to miss it you never know when an important moment's going to happen so well done i mean sema since you're definitely listening to this podcast i will tell you that you've created a great show she has can i tell you the biggest surprise for me during this show please It's the end of episode six when they get married. That's honestly maybe one of my favorite dizzy watching experience moments that I've ever had because, you know, I wouldn't go on Twitter the day that the episodes were coming out. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't mentioned in the trailer. And even watching the episode, like Jalen and Ilgaz in episode six were not ready to be committed romantic partners. But at the same time, there's that moment when they go into Parse and you think, this is it. Jalen's going to be exposed because Ilgaz won't lie for her. Yep. And then Ilgaz tells Pars, I'd love to help you, but I'm going to use my right to remain silent. And Pars says, what right is that? And he's like, you know, because Jalen is my relative. And he's like, what are you talking about? The look on Pars' face was great. The look on Pars' face, for one. And then it cuts to Jalen and she reaches into her bag. And in that first little shot, you can't quite see the red booklet. But at that moment, I was like, no they (laughs) didn't and then she slaps a marriage certificate on the table and i lost it i was so surprised (laughs) i don't know just i never get a chance to have that moment in a show either it's spoiled for me by twitter or the show's already out so it's just something i know or the trailer spoils it as the big moment it came out of nowhere but it made perfect sense and i just loved it so much And it's such a nice start to their romantic relationship because I think instead of them having contrived reasons to be in each other's lives, because at that point, a lot of the reasons they were together for Inji's case had been resolved, but boom, now they're married. And I just love it because, again, marriage of convenience is one of my favorite tropes when it's done well. And I didn't even expect to get that in the show. I was like, oh, you know, it's such an adult relationship. They wouldn't do anything. Also, there's a lot of shows where the only way marriages of convenience happen are a little silly. And I was like, oh, we're not going to get that. So it wasn't even on my radar. And I was so happy. Mm -hmm. It was really great. But then, unfortunately, there were some things that Yarga doesn't do so well at. And this was hard for us because we both are huge Yarga fans. And I don't like to speak ill of things that I like. But no show is perfect. And Yarga is no exception. So I think for me, if I had to pick something that the show didn't do well, is that there were certain plot points and plot lines that I think at one point, Sema just had too much going on in the show. So there's a few open threads that I didn't think needed to be there and that never fully got cleaned up. Yeah, and part of it for me too is because Sema had such a solid idea, but then it got so popular, it's the catch-22 of it gets popular so it gets more time. And so as nice as like the episodes where Jalen and Ilgaz get together, but he's no longer a prosecutor and she's no longer a lawyer, Those were okay episodes if you liked their little relationship moments, but overall, they weren't very solid in terms of pushing any overall plot forward. And so it was kind of hard because they were nice to watch and they were nice scenes to get. Mm -hmm. But after the high power, strong episodes we'd had at the beginning, once we'd gone through the Inji arc and then the Angan arc, you're just kind of sitting there with, I like that they're happy, but again, the strength of the show is also the complicated plot. Right. No, I agree. And also there's a little bit of a lack of a plot after Engen's death, but before the Zephyr plot gets picked up. Yeah. That dragged a little bit for me. 
yeah, so there's stuff like that where, I mean, if you know me well, I will go off on the fact that I would so much prefer a show or a story have one really good season with a solid ending. And that's sometimes my fear with Dizzy's is they get so good and so popular that they're given so much more time. And I still trust Sema, and I'm hoping that we get a solid season two and then we can wrap it up without it fizzling out into them just trying to come up with things to do, you know? Right, exactly. But crossing my fingers, we'll see if we get our wish. And then there's this one little character thing that you and I, Carol, we talked about it. I feel like after most of the episodes that we were just kind of <laughs> like, where is Junate's character development? Because we missed it. Yeah. And it's a little disappointing because he, you know, is a solid character. And I think if we'd had a little bit more going for him early on, that all of his future actions of him being with Yekta would have felt more solid. And his turning point would have felt more pivotal. I definitely struggled with that. I agree. I just didn't understand why they weren't giving him a little bit more of a backstory and a little bit more insight into him, given that he's still around. He's in most of the episodes, and yet he's very much like a puppet for almost all the episodes until the very end. So yeah. I completely agree with that. Because he wasn't quite a villain, but then at the same time, every time Yekta would ask for information, he'd give out so much personal information about Jane. Like, he didn't have to do that. Right. You could have just said nothing. Yeah. So again, lower on the list of cons, at least. Definitely. Definitely. But there's a lot to like about the show. There really is. And it's my favorite Dizzy of all time. Like even still, I love the show so much. And I had a really hard time having to come to terms with that there are cons to this show. It's not my favorite Dizzy of all time. I'll always probably choose a rom-com over a drama. That said, it is the only show that I've consistently watched week to week and not saved up a bunch and binged. Because even with Ashmantic Intikam, which I loved a lot, I think that was better as a binge. So I would wait a few weeks, gather some episodes, and then binge it. This one, I was fully in. I hated that I even had to wait until the subtitles would come out that night because I didn't want to get spoiled. I had to stay off Twitter. I had to stay off social media just to be able to watch it fresh and unspoiled. So for me, that's special. And oh, it was worth it. So good. And for me, it was just like a balance of being a serious, plot-driven, exciting show. But it also has all the dizzy things I love, like the tropes and the relationships and the romance. Mm -hmm. And of course, speaking of the relationship, Khan and Pinar's chemistry. Uh, my God. I mean, Sema knew what she was doing when she cast them. I just loved the love story so much. And I loved how it was very much based on work. But at the same time, there are the parts of themselves that needed other people and they complemented each other. Ilgaz is crushed under the weight of expectation of his family. And Jalen has no one to lean on in her family. She's had to be the backbone of it. So it was just so powerful in how they were drawn together that like I personally did not mind that they didn't kiss for so long because that's not what made the relationship for me they were already well into a relationship and so by the time they did kiss and were more physical it fit so well that there wasn't even a period of time after that where they were you know awkward with each other and had to be like I guess we're dating now because like no we've been married this whole time we're already each other's person this has just added another layer to it and they made it worth the wait for that first kiss because woof, torture so good I also so love that. Do you remember that Jalen wanted to have their first kiss at the crime scene and Ilgaz stops her and she's like, did you just rebuff me? And he's like, I just didn't want to be here. <laughs> like, what a romantic. I love him so much. And I was like, what restraint? If Pinar wanted to kiss me at a crime scene, I'd be like, sure, whatever you want. 
I mean, it is very impressive on Ilgaz's part, which just adds to his charm. So charming. And again, like we've already talked about this, but the writing is just so incredible. It never relies on shock value or a cheap thrill to keep audiences engaged. It's very detailed and one plotline ends, but another one's ready to take its place for the most part. And there's so many threads going on. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a triumph. I love Yarga so much. I love Yarga and Sema we trust. All right, my least favorite part, but we got to talk about <laughs> the stuff we didn't like about this show. And admittedly, there were a few things. Mm -hmm. As I said before, I thought that there were too many open threads at once. And I know like while watching the show, I would send my messages about this because there are some episodes where there's just so much going on. And then there's that overarching actual chapter of like, we're in the who killed Engen chapter, but you've also got other things going on that in my opinion, never really get kind of resolved or there really isn't a lot of payoff to it one of the things is pars and he has epilepsy and there's a few big plot points early on where he can't drive the car because he's having a seizure and isn't able to move the way he needs to move and he's in the hospital and he lives with neva and neva has to take care of him and then it just isn't really mentioned ever again i think neva might make a comment about him taking his medication but other than some really subtle mentions it's just not part of the show anymore which feels a little weird to me yeah and then one of my biggest issues is the kids or the teenagers because they're not kids and the plot line with the drug money and them being drugs and doing the drop-offs for the drugs i still feel like there's not a whole lot of reasoning behind that i didn't think the show needed it for a show where the episodes are about two and a half hours consistently i just didn't see the need for it i mean i think there was a way to get chinar and surder as friends without bringing in all the other kids to be part of this drug situation i didn't like it i kept expecting it to go somewhere and it never did yeah so for me it missed the mark a little bit yeah and it was a little hard too because you see how hard the adults are trying to have a decent life and the kids are like yeah let's do something stupid you're like can you just not yeah please let's go spend this money we just made in the store like what and then like remember daria's case at the beginning where she's going after this mafia family that killed the girl and they attack her i know that they got one of the main guys in jail but is she just fine now like where did that go right yeah yep Agreed. At least with Pars' epilepsy, I'm hoping that we'll get some circle back next season and Daria will find out about it. Like, I'm still crossing my fingers for a Daria and Pars scene surrounded by that. Absolutely. They certainly could be setups for season two. I just think there could have been a moment later on in the season where you see him struggling a little bit or just keep it consistent. So, I don't know. It's a minor gripe in an almost perfect show. Yeah. One other gripe, unfortunately, is there were, for me especially, there were some kind of lackluster payoff moments for certain plot points. Mm. One of them for me is the whole part of the story involving the lab tech, Niazi. Oh my god, yes. One, he's the one character in the show where Sema did the thing I don't like, where it kind of felt like, they're like, oh crap, we need a killer. Let's create a lab tech. Because he hadn't even been on the show, I don't think. No, there'd been, you know, evidence in the lab and various tech people, but mm -hmm. it made sense that someone like Yekta or Engen had someone in the lab tampering with evidence. Because we did see that early on when Yekta's trying to cover up that Inji died on his property. Right. But then having the lab tech be the killer felt kind of like a letdown. Like now I'm glad it wasn't Neva or Junate or like big players or even Lachin. I firmly thought it was going to be Neva and Junate. I was all in. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And they even said, oh, like Jalen remembers, like, oh, it was a woman. And part of me is like, it still would have been more exciting if it wasn't some like mousy guy who wanted right. just like money to get by. And then he dies dramatically because they're like, okay, his arc is over. Yep. Not a great death scene. And I feel like it was a little too drawn out where like we the viewers knew who the killer was at this point, but the characters didn't know. And watching Aaron had Niazi as his guy. And I'm like, what? This is, come on. Yeah. And then even for me, there's still a part of that where with Sardar being the one who killed Zaffir. And then in the finale, they're like, yeah, Angen told me to. And part of that feels like a little more of an afterthought for that plot. It was a very easy way out. Yeah. And then with so much heartache, over a character like Zaffir, who again also it was hard for me like Pinar and Jalen played that performance of grieving her father immaculately mm. the grief and the way that was handled was so good but at the end of the day it's still Zaffir who's kind of objectively sucked since the beginning and it's one thing that he's her dad and Inji's dad and all of that like the head of the family and I know the father figure is very pivotal in Turkish dramas and Turkish culture but then having him killed by this other kind of nobody guy I mean at least it gave Sardar more of a point to being there Mm -hmm. but I don't know like I wish it had been I don't know Yekta himself or just something bigger I agree and you touched upon one thing that annoyed me which I think a lot of people were annoyed with and it was nice because it got a little recognition where Jalen mentioned I think in the second to last episode that she knew her dad had caused the whole situation like he set out to kill Chinar but prior to that it had been like oh my god my amazing father who was the most wonderful man alive is that he was not a good person like he routinely left the family like Jalen had to step in and help financially keep the family afloat he hit Inji before she died when he found out about the drugs Yep, he threw Jaylin out of the house when he found out she was representing Chinar. It just was a lot of the whole Erguvan family. And by that, I mean Jaylin and her mother mostly because Eileen, as always, was the most rational one of the group. But I needed someone to acknowledge that he was not a saint. And Jaylin finally did that in the second to last episode. But it took a little too long for me. Yeah. I was waiting for Ilgaz to snap and be like, he tried to murder my brother. Right. But Ilgaz will never snap. I know. He's a saint. He is a muffin. The main reason we put off doing this episode because, I mean, we've talked about it every podcast we've done. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite show. Listeners seem to come here partially because of Yarga. Yeah, we hear your requests for an episode of Yarga and we weren't purposefully ignoring you. We did want to do it, but we wanted to wait so we could do it holistically as a whole season. So now that the season one finale has ended, we're thrilled to finally be able to talk about it. Exactly. Episode 34 aired just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And the moment we knew the end date, we were both like, all right, yep. when are we recording? End of May. Like, we got to do it. We got to do it. So, Carol, let's take a minute and just talk about the finale and yes. what that means for the show. Yeah. So whenever a Yarga episode finishes, for the most part, Maya and I talk about it. And because we're on completely different coasts, usually in the middle of my night, I'll get a message from Maya being like, I finished. Let me know when you finish. <laughs> She doesn't spoil it for me, so I never really know, because you usually watch it before I do, what your thoughts are. And we actually had different thoughts about the finale, because I initially really loved it, and I just enjoyed it, because I was so spoiler-free, other than the trailer that I had watched. I enjoyed it for what it was, and then after talking to Maya about it the other day, I'm seeing some cracks in the foundation, because there was some lackluster moments in the finale. Yeah, 
And it's interesting because, yeah, I had the opposite where, I mean, I did see a big spoiler, but, like, I wasn't sure if it was a spoiler right before I was about to watch it. And I was so careful, usually. And so I did skip through a little bit because I wanted to get to the end and see how that went. But my initial reaction after finishing the finale was pretty disappointed. But interestingly, kind of after talking to Carol and after being on Twitter a little bit, it's a pretty average, mid-level quality episode for me. But I think there's still some disappointment in having watched this whole season, I've seen what Sema can do and all of the surprises she can pull out. And I just didn't feel it with this one. And I think if it had been the series finale, I think the last few episodes leading up to it would have been really strong and it would have been like the perfect ending. You mean like if there wasn't the flash forwards for six months? Exactly. Yeah, that clearly is newer addition so that we have a season two. And I do not falter for that because if the network's like, you know, you're topping the charts every week, you get a season two. You've got to set up something good. And even Sema in her interview at their finale watch party, she wants season two to be better than season one. Mm -hmm. So it's good that she's wanting to, you know, plant seeds for that. But right. See, I didn't mind the flash forward. I think that's an interesting way to set up season two. I think one of the biggest issues I had was they rushed through a lot of things I wanted them to spend more time on, and they spent too much time on things that I didn't care about as much. Yeah. So, for example, Yekta's downfall. Yekta's downfall, and I think actually you pointed this out, but I did think it, but you pointed it out when we talked the other day. They get him on a totally new crime that was not part of the show at all when he's done so many bad things throughout the show and now suddenly they easily find all this information about money laundering and that's what they get him on and it's like come on yeah and i get it part of what they've talked about in the show is yeah there are some villains that just keep getting away with things and he was a great example of that but yeah at the same time even if it wasn't his fake diploma evidence they destroyed even before the show timeline Jalen talked about him covering up clients who have you know killed women and like stuff like like all these terrible things he's done yep. and even sardar's phone which had evidence they could have pinned him just manipulating evidence he's done so many terrible things and then Right. They're like rifling through his office and they just find something like, yep. why doesn't Junate know about all of this then if he's going to help right. them? What are these secret rooms and boxes of paper trail that he has? Right. What is that? Agreed. Finding Surter's phone, in my opinion, should have been the smoking gun. They find his phone. They spend a little time cracking it. It opens up everything they need. There's something on there that proves that he knew what was going on and they get him on that. Yeah, it would just have something in there that would make them have to get a search warrant for Yekta and yep. do that. Something. Or even Lachin's divorce and the abuse to her and all the info she has. Like, I love that she's started to play a bigger role in the show yeah. and not just be this reserved kind of abused woman. Like, I'm glad that they gave her more redemption. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at least I'm glad that something happened with him because can you imagine if they tried to have Yekta still be laughing and skipping around oh, fully free God. for another season? Now, I will say that I think the actor who plays Yekta did an amazing he's job. He's phenomenal. I almost feel like he's the type of actor who just really enjoys playing a villain. And I felt that way watching Kara Sevda and how Khan portrayed Amir. Like there's some actors that you just, they get into it so well and they just knock it out of the park and you just see that they're loving this role. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but it was so many episodes of Yekta One Again, Yekta One Again, Yekta One Again. I needed the payoff and it happened and I'm happy it happened, but it wasn't 
really about what I wanted. I wanted it to be about the case at hand and not some totally new crime that we had not been privy to prior to this. Yeah. And honestly, now that it's set up and he is locked away, maybe we will get to revisit him in season two, even in prison where they have to, I don't know, make a deal with him to get some info. Right. Like, I wouldn't hate that at this point. No, I agree. I really thought he was going to be the one murdered. I really thought that it was Yex's death. And again, that would be more interesting, though. It will be nice for a bad person to finally get what they deserve. Yes. Like, Angen's dead. And then can we talk about, like, while my favorite trope is marriage of convenience, one of my least favorite tropes is marriage of convenience, divorce, and get remarried again. Mm -hmm. Usually it's in rom-coms, and usually when it happens, the divorce isn't usually for a very good reason. It's like, you've weathered the storm through so many issues, and now you're like, oh yeah, we gotta break up. And like, <sighs> And I don't know, I usually, it's like, we have to do another wedding and all of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to negate the part of their story that got them where they were. Like, it wasn't a fairy tale beginning, but yep. I don't know, the love they find along the way is enough, and I really love that. I actually did not hate how Yarga did that. I think maybe they needed to have that one tipping point, because both of them didn't want it. Both of them let it happen for very reasonable reasons, and it didn't last for very long. So I was okay with it. I agree. But then, and again, they'd set up probably needing to do a real wedding for a long time. So that too, I was like, it's for the families. That isn't the issue. The issue, and you talked about this a lot when you and I talked privately, mm -hmm. but for both of us, there was no payoff for their reunion in the finale. Yeah, I fully agree. One of my biggest issues with the finale, I think the biggest issue I have is how rushed the reconciliation was. One of the things I really wanted was someone needed to talk to ghoul because she was so mad at the kaya family and at ilga specifically who's done nothing right Ilgaz specifically and now you see her sitting at the wedding you see that she's kind of uncomfortable but I don't know why is she still mad and she's still upset that Jalen's getting married does she feel guilty because she reacted so strongly I don't want to leave that up to interpretation I wanted a conversation it could have been between Jalen and ghoul but it also could have been between Ilgaz and ghoul like something that acknowledged a bridge to get us from extreme hatred you're never talking to this family ever again you will never see their face again to her sitting at their wedding <laughs> yeah and even if it was Jalen saying mom I love you but I also love Ilgaz and this is happening I would love for you to be at my wedding anything right and similar to that I wanted there to be something between Jalen and Chinar and or Methan. like I wanted there to be some sort of a conversation that acknowledged what happened but bridges the fact that she's now going to be a Kaya like she is willfully marrying their son for love and is going to be part of their family despite the fact that I also really wanted her to not apologize because I think that's maybe a little over the top but her dad almost killed Chinar like yeah. And also, like, was Chinar even at the wedding? I don't know. Even today, I quickly was trying to scrub through. I didn't really see him, but Metin was there. And I get that the wedding was supposed to be a nice finale moment with all the characters, and you get to see Ridvan and Ozge there, and Daria and Pars, and Eren, who we all love so much. That was mm -hmm. all great, but... I don't know. It felt a little, a little weird. Yeah, I genuinely don't know if Chinar was there. So if you guys are listening, let us know what you think. Was Chinar there? Did we just miss it? Maybe he wasn't there. I didn't deep dive really into any screenshots of the overview. Like I know there's a few aerial shots. I don't know if he's there or not. But oh, even a moment too where like Ilgaz kisses the hand of Ghoul, I think would have been a moment where she accepts that she's forgiven this family. I don't know. Like. Ugh. I'm going to be bothered by this all summer. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then the wedding. The trailer fully spoiled the wedding. Yeah. I got it. They needed a nice finale trailer. I just expected there to be a little more. It could have been more. They could have made it more dramatic. They didn't need to make the trailer light and fluffy. It could have yeah. been spoiled. And it was so rushed. We didn't see, like, when was this wedding? And, like, Jalen and Ilgas, we didn't really see any reconciliation other than that little Ilgas Can we going talk about on that? vacation. We need to talk about this because another issue was how quickly they were reunited and the way they did it. It just seemed so extra that Jaylin is pretending that her car broke down because Aaron told her that's where Ilgaz was going. What? <laughs> Honestly, though, I kind of liked it only Girl. because it was Jalen being self-aware enough that she would be that chaotic and Ilgaz is such a good person that he would stop. So, I know. So, like, I what if he went the different way, though? What if, like, I don't know. You're really risking it all, Jalen. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But even still, I would have liked a little more of, not even a tearful reunion, but just a like, we'll never be separated again. That walk that they did when they held hands at the police station where mm-hmm. it's over, you watch them walk out and it was just a very nice parallel moment. I was hoping we would get that walk. I was hoping we would get them. Yep. Like, it's okay. I didn't want to be divorced. And then suddenly they're married. And then again, it's a six-month time. Did they get married the next day? Like, has no time passed? Apparently, they're also wedding planners. I mean, it wasn't the most elaborate wedding, but there was flowers. Someone built a hoopah-type construction. There's an altar. It's there. Yeah, and who are all these people, too? Like, I get that they can have friends outside the show, but I get that the whole point was for them to have the big white wedding, but who are these random people? Right. I don't know. To me, it missed the mark, and I'm bummed about that because it should have been such a great moment and instead of being a really beautiful ending I was distracted by the annoyances I was feeling because of how rushed it was because of the things that were missing like I've mentioned and I just felt like their reconciliation could have been really really beautiful but instead it just really was too rushed yeah so we got a few months of break with the show mm-hmm. i'm honestly a bit ready for the show to have a break i am too i love it so much but so much has happened and i don't want the show to overextend itself agreed no it was a good stopping point i also think it's a great finale in terms of it leaves the viewers with something to talk about all summer long you know and i look forward to reading people's speculation about season two and i know i have my own theories about it i'm certainly not on team ilgaz is dead i think there's an elaborate plot that them is gonna unravel about that yeah i saw some people on the internet were saying oh it's a shame that khan's off the show now <laughs> which i don't believe i'm pretty sure khan is going to be back in season two it would be truly stupid on everyone's part to be like the strength of the show is pinar and khan let's just get rid of khan right he'll just be in flashbacks i don't believe that either God. i truly don't believe he's dead in sema i trust i'm curious to see the story she's gonna tell in season two about this i just hope it's not a full season of more Jalen trauma because the girl can only handle so much yeah i think that's one of the other things that really disappointed me about yarga and some of it is very much just my personal preference i don't want him to die and even though he's probably not dead there's something bigger at play maybe jalen's protecting him which is why she's so stoic in the interrogation room with Aaron. obviously something's happened obviously she didn't kill ilgaz but at the same time i know it's for shock and excitement i know it's supposed to be a surprise but i just i wish it was something else i wish it was something like Like, I don't know, a new villain or just... Or maybe it's your AU theory come to life. 
See, okay, this is something I am still about this AU theory. Caro <laughs> doesn't like it, but it's not that I don't like it. I just don't think it's what's gonna happen. My but... theory's definitely been edited since I originally had it, but ever since we've started seeing the flash forwards of Jalen showing up at her office with blood on her hands, hiding the knife, Aaron arresting her. Slowly we see her go to the hospital, get checked out, she's in the interrogation room, all of that. Whenever those scenes occur, the editing of the show is very glitchy and on purpose Mm -hmm. and initially my hope and my thought was every time that occurred it was the show saying the old Jalen would have snapped and this is what would have happened to me it feels almost like an alternate reality of what could have happened if Jalen hadn't grown if Ogaz and Jalen weren't together and okay because even in the last episode I believe Mm -hmm. when Ilgaz rolls up to Jalen's house and is like is there something you want to tell me it stutters and then it flashes forward and part of me is like the old Jalen would have lied the old Jalen would have acted out and something bad would have happened and so there's still part of me that's like I want a majority of it to not be true and I know you disagree with that but for me I feel like Jalen going to jail is such a cop-out because it was so hard to get her out of jail when she was innocent back in episode 14 15 16 she's already done that and I don't want it to be Olga's dies and it's a fraught love story she's been through so much pain already can they at least be happy and have that threatened a bit but not with death I mean I did like in the finale one thing I did like was they flashed back again to the wedding of them kissing after their vows and I thought that was a fun little tie-in because they're flashing forward to her being booked for murder and then they're showing them at their wedding I choose to believe that there is a reason for it. I don't think she killed Ilgaz. I think there is some elaborate plot behind it and that they're either working together for whatever reason Ilgaz needs to be dead or have the world think he's dead. I don't believe Eren is in on it because he seems genuinely mad at Jalen when no one else is around. So he has no reason to be acting at that point. I don't know. Like I said before, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Sema does and what she brings to the table because I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm still going to definitely give it a chance, obviously. And I hope it's good. I hope that it's big and explosive and is worth it for this. What's nice is she has all summer now to brainstorm. Exactly. So I'm glad she has this break. I'm hoping she gets to keep her creative control and do what she wants to do. I'm just hesitant and I'm always hesitant again I love a mini series I love when it's episodic but it has a solid ending so I hope that we get a strong season two and then we get a good series finale and it can just be done I would hate it so much more if we just kept getting more and more episodes that slowly fizzled off because I wouldn't even be able to enjoy the beginning episodes anymore knowing where it ends up yeah I mean we'll see I don't know I am curious to see if she has control over ending it at season two despite ratings if that's what she wants if she says I'm done I don't have any else to go with this or if she absolutely has to move forward because the ratings are so good that Mm -hmm. the networks don't give her that opportunity that's something i don't know but in terms of season two in sema we trust sema we trust and again yarga i love this show so much and i wish all the actors a lovely summer break even though i know pinar is shooting a movie (laughs) with auras for disney plus and you know she's already been partying for l magazine and her voice is gone from (laughs) the finale watch party for yarga she's living her best she's living her best life and so i wish everyone has a restful break i hope they have great projects i hope sema has some time to brainstorm and have a break and uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see what season two has for us We'll see what season two has in store. Hi, everyone. 
welcome back to the Dizzy Breakdown. I'm Caro. And I'm Maya. And we're two American friends on opposite coasts who love to break down and break down over Turkish TV shows. <laughs>